Welcome to the serialized audiobook The Cara Files, File 1, The Chase, written and read by the author Tony Warner. File 1, The Chase is the first book in the Cara Files series. All of the Cara Files books are available to purchase from Amazon in both Kindle and paperback formats. Simply visit your Amazon store and search for The Cara Files. Chapter 7 Cara ran as fast as she could. The air burned in her lungs as she gasped for breath her arms swinging and her pack bouncing up and down, hurting her back every time it slammed down, the straps digging into her shoulders painfully. Beside her, Millie scampered, keeping pace with ease. When she had seen the red eyes, she had known instantly what they were. She froze in mid-motion, terror filling her mind and adrenaline surging through her veins. What should she do? Breathing in quick, short gasps, she pulled on her boots slowly, tying the laces without looking. She could not take her eyes from those baleful red glowing coals from across the street. Help me, Millie, she whispered. Millie moved close to her and rested her head on Cara's knee. We have to get out of here, she told Millie in a quavering voice. I know you don't understand, but when I run, keep after me. Cara reached round to grab a strap from her pack and brought her feet underneath her, readying herself. Millie backed up and looked around. It didn't take her long for her to see the danger. She flattened her body to the ground and let out a row growl. Slowly, Cara stood and lifted her pack. The red eyes continued to stare at her, making no move. She pulled her pack onto her back and fastened a strap across her middle. Run! shouted Cara. They both ran out of the front of the house and turned left to make the way down the road. As soon as she had turned her back on those red eyes and accelerated down the road, Kara heard a crash of glass. She knew what that was. The soldier had jumped through the window and was coming after them. Shortly afterwards, she heard a boom and a car on her right exploded. Kara screamed as the car disintegrated into a large plume of black smoke and red flames and she was showered in burning metal and plastic almost knocking her off her feet but she kept running. Up ahead the road curved to her left. If she could just make it she would be out of sight of the soldier and then maybe it would stop firing at her. Panting and gasping she looked back over her shoulder to see the soldier in the middle of the road. Sure enough it was coming after her but it had a peculiar gait. It was dragging its left leg. It wasn't running, it was walking. Maybe she had a chance to get away. Surely she was faster. As she looked, she saw two red lights streak skywards from two black things sticking up from its back. Oh my God, she thought. Were they some kind of missile? She was done for. Focusing back on her forward motion, Kara increased her speed her lungs burning with more pain, and swerved around the corner in the road. Noticing that the nearest house on her left had a small passageway down its side, she changed direction abruptly and charged down the small path. Behind her there were two huge explosions. She didn't look back. Racing down the path, she entered a small garden. 
The wood fence panels had long since collapsed and offered no obstruction as she turned right and crossed garden after garden. There were no more explosions, but she was sure that the soldier thing wouldn't have given up. It would be coming after her. But now her breathing was ragged and she was gasping for air. She couldn't go on. She was pretty sure that she was going to die. She couldn't get enough air into her lungs. The only thing she could do was hide. Abruptly, she ran up to her house back door and crashed into it. The door flew open and she fell onto the floor, gasping for breath. Millie came after her and placed one of her barbed hooves on the side of Kara's face. Kara didn't even register it. Her world focused onto one thing, breathing. She didn't see Millie move back to the door and pull it closed as she moved outside. The door clicked shut with Millie outside, leaving Kara in darkness. Kara continued to gasp on the floor, plucking frantically at the pack strap across her abdomen. When it unfastened, the pack fell backwards and she shrugged it off. She crawled away and collapsed, rolling onto her back, staring up at the ceiling. Her vision tunnelled and coloured spots danced in the darkness. Adding to her misery, she suddenly felt sick. Rolling onto one side, she retched and lost her breakfast onto the floor. Her vision grew still darker and she passed out. The first thing that she noticed was the smell. Her nose twitched and she opened her eyes to see a lake of vomit trailing from her cheek and across the floor. She screwed her face up in disgust and shuffled backwards. Awareness came back slowly. She was lying on her side, her pack behind her and the vomit in front of her. She sat up. Her cheek was wet. Something long and stringy dripped down to the floor. Wiping her cheek with the back of her hand, she looked around the dark hall. Millie, she called in a croak, but there was no answer. She shuddered as she remembered running. That had been close, far too close. It had nearly killed her. Her muscles ached, her feet throbbed, and so did her head. Looking down at herself, she saw that she was a mess. Her t-shirt was soaked in sweat and vomit. Her hair was also wet and plastered to her face. The entire right side of her head was sticky with drool and stomach contents. She felt miserable. Everything was a disaster. Nothing had gone right. She pulled her knees up to her chin and cried. She was still crying when May's voice echoed in her head. What's wrong, my love? she asked with concern. Everything, Kara blubbered in her head. Why? asked a concerned May. What's happening? Kara told her. And now I'm in a mess. I have sick all over me and there are no showers. May tutted in understanding. Oh, Kara, my love, did you think this journey you're undertaking would be easy? No, stiff Kara, but I didn't know it would be like this. What you're doing is very brave. You'll know I help you as much as I can, but I do worry about you. Kara held up her right hand, examining her broken assist. If only it wasn't broken, she moaned. I'd be able to do all of those amazing things that you told me about. I'd be able to do that telly thing and get to the complex instead of walking. May smiled inside Kara's head. Teleport, you mean? That sort of thing takes a lot of practice. Yeah, teleport. Kara wiped her tears with her fingers. I could teleport into the complex, steal a portal generator and I would be with you. Her thought was bitter. 
That would be amazing, replied May, but somehow I don't think it'll be as simple as that. Kara sniffed. I smell, she said in disgust. May chuckled. I won't connect with your nasal receptors, that's for sure. They both laughed at the situation. Millie's gone, said Kara. You know, I think that Millie's pretty intelligent. I reckon she's looking after you. I think she's gone off to lead the soldier away again. Kara nodded. I think you're right. I hope she's okay. I'm sure she will be. This is probably her world. She'll know lots of places to hide. May was reassuring. Now, what do you think? Shall we try to get you all cleaned up? Chapter 8 The next morning was painful. When she awoke, Kara could barely move. She ached everywhere. Her limbs were stiff and didn't want to work. It was a struggle to swing her legs over the side of the bed, but eventually, after much grunting and moaning, she managed to get into a sitting position on the edge. Millie! she exclaimed in joy as she saw two black eyes staring at her from the bottom of the bed. You came back! Are you all right? Millie stood, all six legs straight, in an obvious stretching movement. She walked up the big king-sized bed and nuzzled Kara's side. Kara rubbed at her head. Good girl, she said. Did you lead that soldier away again? I hope you went further this time and in the opposite direction to where we're going. Millie just rubbed her flat head under Kara's hand. They were still in the same house where Kara had hidden from the soldier. With May ever-present in her mind, Kara had found the upstairs bathroom and discovered that water trickled from the cold tap. There was enough to fill the basin, so she'd stripped and washed as best she could. At least she wasn't cold. The day had been so hot. Her arms and shoulders were sunburnt and very tender to the touch. She washed all over as best she could, and was even able to wash her hair over the sink after having found shampoo in the cupboard. There were towels on the towel rail covered in dust and spiderwebs, but after giving them a good beating they were okay to use. She dried herself and then did some more exploring. She was lucky. About time she had some good luck, she thought. One of the bedrooms was obviously a teenage girl's room. It had a large king-sized bed and in a chest of drawers were several neatly folded t-shirts and several pairs of underwear and, miracle of miracles, they fitted. Kara had thrown on one of the t-shirts and dropped into the dusty bed. It wasn't long before she had fallen into an exhausted sleep. Kara gave the top of Millie's head a tap and stood. Her muscles protested but she persevered. She was hungry. Walking down the stairs was difficult. Her legs ached and were shaky. She had to go down one step at a time like an old person, she thought. Once down, she retrieved her mess kit from her pack and carried it into the kitchen. Wishing she had packed something other than tin soup and beans, she lit the little stove and opened all of the cupboards. Surely there would be something better. Once again she was lucky. She found a glass jar filled with porridge. Well, of course there was no milk, but she could mix it in with some boiling water and maybe add some sugar to make it sweeter. Her breakfast was horrible. The porridge tasted like cardboard. She gave it to Millie who lapped up the lot like a greedy dog. In the end she cooked some beans. Later, taking a coffee and her map, she went outside into the back garden. It was another bright and hot day. 
Sitting at a small table on a patio, she lit a cigarette and contemplated what she should do next. She would have to be more careful. That was obvious. She might not survive another encounter with the white soldier. What she needed was a weapon, maybe a shotgun. But where would she find one? And actually, would it have had any effect on the soldier? No, a weapon wasn't the answer. The only thing she could do was to keep away from it. She had to keep moving though. Getting to the complex was a priority. Would Millie help? Could Millie keep a lookout for the soldier? She reached down and rubbed Millie's head. What do you think, Millie? Can you scout ahead for the soldier thing and keep me away from it? Millie looked up at her with her bright, sparkling black eyes. Did she understand? Kara set a coffee down and placed a cigarette in her mouth. She opened up the map and studied it. Take another drag and blowing out the smoke, she traced her route with her finger. It looked like she'd only managed about five miles at most yesterday. That was not good. At that rate, it was going to take two weeks to get to the complex. And all the time, the white soldier would be around somewhere. She had to do better. But right now, she would be lucky if she managed another five miles with her aching limbs. She figured that she would be able to do more as her body got used to the exercise but today was going to be a washout, of that she was sure. She was near the A1M. She needed to cross it, make her way towards Luton, then Aylesbury, and then to Oxford. If she could get somewhere near the M1 by the end of the day, she'd be making good progress, but that was unrealistic. There must be somewhere she could aim for, somewhere halfway where there would be houses. She didn't want to spend the night out in the open. Eventually, she settled on the small village of Kimpton, as a reasonable target for today's trek. Folding up the map, she stubbed out the cigarette and downed the last of the coffee. She packed and was on her way once more. This time she was wearing her baseball cap and smothered in sunblock. Millie, she called to the scuttling creature, which was running ahead. Kara marvelled when Millie turned and came running back to her. She clearly knew her name already. Scout ahead for that white soldier and warn me if you see it or anything else dangerous, she told Millie. Millie jumped, spun round and scampered off at breakneck speed. In seconds she was out of sight. Kara shrugged. Maybe Millie understood, maybe she didn't. Time would tell. She carried on walking down the road. The walk was tiring, slow and uneventful. As before, she saw many abandoned cars and empty buildings and houses. There was still no evidence of people. Birds flew across the sky and sang in the trees and bushes. Once she had crossed the A1M and she was in a rural landscape, she saw sheep and cows in fields. In one field, all the cows were dead, their carcasses bloated or just bones and skin. She figured that they had died because there was no one to milk them. Would that kill them? She wasn't sure. It was difficult to tell what had happened because clearly scavengers had been feeding on their dead bodies probably dogs and birds. When the sun was low, she entered the village of Kimpton. Millie had spent the entire day running ahead of her and then back as though to reassure her that it was safe. At least, that's what she fervently hoped Millie was doing. Kara walked past a primary school and selected a house to enter on the left. Once inside, she set up a stove and boiled some soup and made some more coffee. As the sun set, she sat on a chair outside in the back garden, drinking and smoking. Millie joined her. It had been another hot and sticky day, but she was pleased with her progress. Tomorrow she should be able to walk further. As she smoked, she watched the sun disappear below the horizon. The stars came out. 
They looked normal to her. They were just as they had been in her world. She sighed. I don't understand this world, Millie, she said. Where have all the people gone? And why is there only one of you? Millie looked up from where she had settled down beside Kara's chair. If only you could talk, sighed Kara. Millie dropped her head and settled down again. Taking one last drag from a cigarette, Kara stood and stamped on the butt. She turned to re-enter the house, but as she did so she heard a howl. She stopped. All was quiet again. Then she heard it once more. It sounded like a wolf. Millie stood and stretched her legs. She seemed unconcerned. What was that, Millie? she asked. Could there be wolves here? Millie ignored her and trotted into the house. Kara remembered looking at the map earlier in the morning. Wasn't there a zoo somewhere nearby? She was sure she had seen it. Maybe some animals had broken out? But that would mean that as well as wolves, there could be tigers and lions, or even bears. Looking back into the garden, it was too dark to see much. The howl had sounded far away, maybe two or three miles away? She couldn't be sure. Then the night sky lit up. Two impossibly bright points of light flashed upwards, each leaving a pale luminescent trail behind it. Then there was a bright light which lit up the surrounding trees like a camera's flash, and then the darkness returned. The two red points of light arced downwards and fell below the tree level. Kara was transfixed. What was that? Could it be the soldier? How far away were those lights? Her thoughts were interrupted by two more flashes of red, followed seconds later by two muffled thumps. It was definitely the soldier, she thought, but judging by the delay between the flashes and the sound, it was probably a few miles away. What was it doing? Trying to flush her out? Or had it encountered a bear? There was no way of knowing. She thought that she would be okay as long as she didn't do anything stupid to attract it, like use her torch or light another cigarette. She followed Millie into the house and was careful to lock the door behind her. In the dark, she felt her way up the stairs and into the bedroom that she'd already selected. Millie was already on the bed waiting for her. Kara smiled, slipped out of her clothes and then got into the bed. May, are you there? she called. Mei Jing answered her straight away. Yes, how was it today? I've made better progress today, probably about ten miles. Any sign of the soldier, asked May. Kara could feel her concern. Just now, but I think that it was a long way away to the south. Thank goodness for that, replied May. You know I worry about you, Kara. I know. I'll keep safe. I promise. Kara paused. Are you in bed? Kara felt May smiling. Yes. Why? she asked coyly. Kara smiled in the darkness. Do you want to? Instantly, she felt May flood into her mind, taking her breath away with the force of her invasion. Their two minds joined together, intertwining thoughts, emotions and senses whirling around each other. You know it, breathed May. You have been listening to The Kara Files, File 1, The Chase, by Tony Warner. Performed and produced by the author. Music for this episode is Lone Wolf by Guillaume Bernards. You can contact me on Facebook at Tony Warner Author or by sending an email to cywarbook at gmail.com. That's P-S-I War Book, all one word, at gmail.com. I 
hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, spread the word on your favourite social media platform and tune in for the next episode.